Hi there. This is Allison McGee, your host, coming to you not from my usual perch on the bed, which is where I have recorded all my podcasts so far, but from a chair at a table. An actual chair, an actual table. It's very exciting times here. I'm also trying out a new mic today, along with new headphones. So the inside of my head right now feels like an echo chamber. It's a new experience to me. It's actually not that bad, if you like echo chambers. I'm thinking right now of a one-day creative writing workshop I taught a year or so ago called Writing from the Body. And one of the prompts I gave the writers was, think about a time when you felt wild and free in your body. Most of the responses, which were beautiful and wonderful, were memories of being a child, running or diving or flying down a hill on a bike, long ago times. Why is it that so many memories of freedom, of wildness, are from long ago? Do we learn to close ourselves up at a certain age? Does the world tell us to rein ourselves in? And do we listen and learn and obey? Can we unlearn all that? Can we be wild and free again? Thinking about that question, I sent out the following question a couple of weeks ago to listeners. Tell me something you love, something you see as beautiful or magical or miraculous about your own physical body, would you? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Responses were immediate. Here are some of them. My arms and shoulders, they are strong and slim and completely functional. I shattered my left shoulder in an accident five years ago, and thanks to a nurse who was an onlooker to my fall, to a conservative orthopedist who helped me avoid surgery and metal screws, and to my yoga practice, I completely and fully recovered. I feel blessed to live free of pain and restrictions. My hair, it's thick, it's full, and it's not going anywhere. I have my mother's long, elegant fingers and her decent legs. My tuchus. I see all these men walking around with no butts to hold their pants up. Mine does so beautifully. I think my chin and jaw, it is my mother's, and my children have it too. It's miraculous I haven't gone completely bald, but I do have magical hands and beautiful eyes. Hands are really amazing. The muscular mechanisms in many parts are a brilliant design. We get identified by our fingerprints. We learn through them by touch, and we can hold each other's hands, which is a wonderful, gentle form of intimacy. The hair on my face. I have, since 1979, shaved no more than 30 days total. I love the gradual color changes from dark red to white and the symmetrical way it changes over time. I often say it is the nicest physical attribute I have been given. Never felt like one of the pretty people, but I love being very bearded and I am grateful for it. I love my gray hair. I colored it for a few years, then stopped when I turned 50. 
I was surprised at how gorgeous it has grown in the intervening years. Hanses, writing every day, two weeks away from 50 years of playing the guitar and other string things, and above all, touch. My love language and the sense that is hardest to deceive. Grateful to my hands, which get no rest. I generally like the whole thing, mostly because it's capable of keeping up with the amount of energy I was born with. I like the way it all works together, pretty in tune and respectful of all the other parts. I've deliberately cultivated that respect in my body in order to avoid injury, because I am not a person who can sit still. I'm amazed at the stalwartness of my heart the steady rhythm of it that accommodates both rest and exertion, while many man-made machines only last several years, if that. I have the same veins on my hands that my mother and her mother had, the puffy kind that my daughter is infatuated with. When she gently presses on them, she temporarily dams a river. Every now and then, in the early, early morning, I can see through my not-yet-opened eyelids. No joke. Not a dream. Over the winter, my body amazed me by healing so quickly after I broke my wrist and had surgery. With the help of plates and nine screws, my wrist is completely back to normal. I wouldn't even notice the difference, but for the telltale scar, which is beautiful in its ugliness. Muscle memory. I love the joy my body has given me process of childbearing, athletic ability, and feats I've done, its awareness to nature, immune capabilities, functionality, the way it works. My body and me are in love. It is magical how the body heals itself. I've got fantastic legs. I'm so impressed with the human body. It has superpowers. It can repair itself, you can feed it poor fuel, but it will still run for a long time. You go to sleep and it takes care of itself. It is amazing. My ability to throw the look, best described as a frigid glare when needed. The fact I've got lots of really thick hair, in contrast to some who are very close to me. How about my feet? They have never given me trouble, have taken me many, many steps, still hold me up nicely. My girls defy gravity and are beautiful. My hair, it's God's apology for my thighs and is gorgeous. My hands, they sustain me creatively, feed me and help my stability. My mouth, it's not big physically, but it's loud and happy. I love my legs. My skin is good, and I look younger than I really am. Maybe my hair. My go-anywhere girls. Dress up cleavage, stay put for exercise, all good. My joints that still keep me hiking for miles despite decades of arthritis. I love my thick, dark hair. It's long now, since it hasn't been cut in a year and a half and the braid today feels hefty. There are a few gray hairs, more every day, but I earned them. I have long, elegant fingers and narrow wrists. My hands, they are the hands of my grandmother, my eyes, my own. 
creating and observing. My legs, they give me my height. They're my mom's. Even at 96, they look damn good. And my dad's, the skinny calves and slightly knobby knees. Long walks are part of my daily life and definitely helping me through this terrible time. I walk on winding trails through the salt marsh. I walk up rocky hills in our state parks. I walk out my front door and down the street and around the two loops of the adjacent neighborhood. Thanks be to God for my legs. I am secretly quite proud of my thighs, particularly the right one. It has pleasing shape and muscular definition. I occasionally try to think of an excuse to photograph it and show it off. I don't. I think my muscles are pretty awesome because I'm strong, both in the ways that make sports and exercise fun and in all the ways that being strong matters, like getting out of bed when one doesn't want to. I also like my hands. My green, blue, green eyes. My eyes are a pretty and unusual green. My uterus. It grew and amazingly birthed my two favorite people. And my teeth. They're straight, they're white, and they look good when I smile. The strength and stability I still have after 64 years, some bad choices, and chronic illness so grateful to all my parts for sustaining me. When I run my fingers along the craggy mountain range that now defines the geography at the top of my head, I'm reminded of the, luckily at that point, benign tumor that had eaten away half of my skull. The doctors estimated it had been doing so for about two years. It was discovered when I was 11 or 12. For me, it represents a small and miraculous map of survival. As a daughter of Holocaust survivors, I don't use that term lightly, so I scale it back in deference to how much can be encompassed in that phrase. So when I graze those little peaks and valleys, as I periodically do, it is for me a small touchstone ritual that reminds me of how truly remarkable life can be. I love listening to these responses. Until I did, I hadn't realized that I expected people to be disparaging of themselves, to find it hard to come up with something they love about their bodies and then admit it openly. As a girl, I often witnessed both my friends and older women close to me put down their bodies. One of my grandmothers, for example, had been a model in her youth. And she so hated photos of her aged self that I couldn't even let her near them. She'd reach out and snatch them out of my hands and then tear them up into pieces. My other grandmother openly hated her huge, heavy legs. She had hated them her whole life long. This particular form of self-hatred was so painful to see, especially in women who were beloved to me and who were also such badasses, one of them a full-time farm wife and full-time English teacher, 
the other a legal secretary who marched in the streets in New York City as a teenage suffragette. In response to their shame over their bodies, I, as a child, vowed I would never say one bad word about my body to anyone. This was a kind of fake-it-till-you-make-it thing, and when I had children, especially when I had daughters, I doubled down on that vow, and I kept it. But still, it was an external vow, and no one could really see what was happening inside me. Body, oh my body, I have not always loved you the way you deserve to be loved. Fearfully and wonderfully made body, bones and muscle and blood that will do everything in your power to keep me alive until my last breath, I have not been good to you always or kind to you or respectful of you. But reading through these reader responses the other day changed me. They felt like a tumble of happiness. All the physical connections people wrote about to ancestors or children, or pride in the markers of age and experience, a sense of power and continuity. The more I read, the lighter I felt. Seeing all these passages of praise and happiness and delight somehow gave me a sense of hope that isn't even connected to the physical body but to something bigger in the world, something that I want to keep returning to. We as humans want so much more than darkness and disparagement. Pose a question about beauty and magic and miracles, and watch what happens. When I first read this poem by Sonia Renee Taylor, it transfixed me. I read it out loud to myself over and over. It filled me with this kind of power and sadness. It felt like both an elegy and a celebration. It reminded me of only a few poems I've read in my life. A couple by Lucille Clifton, a couple by Maya Angelou. I went straight to DuckDuckGo and I typed in Sonia Renee Taylor's name and clicked on images, and I watched as one by one they floated across my screen. This beautiful woman, stunning, big, glorious. When I wrote to ask her permission to read her poem on air, she graciously wrote right back, granting me permission. And you know how she signed her email? With unapologetic love and light. How cool is that? Here's the poem. My Mother's Belly by Sonia Renee Taylor The bread of her waist, a loaf. We would knead with eight-year-old palms, sweaty from play. My brother and I marveled at the ridges and grooves, how they would summit at her navel, how her belly looked like a walnut, how we were one seeds that resided inside. We giggled whenever she would recline on the couch, lift her shirt, unbutton her pants, let her belly spread like cake batter in a pan. It was as much a treat as licking the sweet from electric mixers on birthdays. The undulating of my mother's belly was not a shame she hid from her children. 
She knew we came from this, seemed grateful. Her belly was a gift we kept passing between us. It was both hers, of her body, and ours for having made it new, different. Her belly was an altar of flesh built in remembrance of us, by us. What remains of my mother's belly resides in a cabinet of ashes I keep in a closet. Every once and again I open the box, sift through the fine crystals with palms that were once eight, feel the grooves and ridges that do not summit now but rill through fingers, granules that are so much more salt than sweet today. And yet, still I marvel at her once body, even in this form, say, I came from this. Well, that is it for today's episode, and thank you for listening. If you liked it, please tell a friend. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and if you're so inclined, please give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else. We'll take whatever we can get. Original theme music for our show is composed and performed by Dylan Parisi. Additional music composed and performed by musician Kelly Krebs. Sonia Renee Taylor's gorgeous poem was read by writer and voice actor Luke O'Brien with permission of the author. Information about Sonia Renee Taylor can be found at soniarenetaylor.com. That's Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. And also at thebodyisnotanapology.com. Listener excerpts were read by Doug McGee and Julie Cornelia. Words by Winter is created and hosted and everything else by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you are going through, what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, maybe in the silence of your own mind and heart, so that I can go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me ever since I was a little girl. Sometimes life feels too hard, too intense, just too much. And if that's where you are right now, whoever or wherever you are, reach out. You can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a note at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com and click on the Words by Winter podcast page. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it is rough out there, and we have to help each other through.